ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're joined by Eli Cunningham, who is a man of many talents. He's a writer, producer, actor, director, does it all. Uh, and we talk all sorts of about all sorts of things from theater and acting uh, all the way into the work he's doing today with at a school with, with helping some kids out in the theater area. As always, today's show is produced the music by Misha Zarens. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. Eli Cunningham, thank you so much for joining. What's going on, man? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um... So for a long time, maybe your entire life, you've been in the theater. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, yeah, it's, well, pretty accurate. I got my first theater experience when I was a kid in Kansas City as part of, like, summer school. And in, like, St. Louis, they had the option in gym class each semester. You could either go P.E. or dance, mm. which all the girls went to dance. So that was a very easy choice for me to make and then came to Springfield and auditioned for my first show in the fourth grade at the Springfield Little Theater and then yeah 21 22 years later wow <laughs> I worked great. there right so um so yeah so you just as you just said you worked there so what are you what are you doing there currently um well it's crazy so we I work in the I'm the creative director at the Springfield Little Theater Education Department mm-hmm. and so that's a lot of different stuff all the time. But the education department, uh, there's four, four full-time staff members, and then we're one of the largest in the nation. And um, just like we, we recently bought a school building where we have like uh, we have 300 kids coming through there each week. Wow. And taking over 80 classes. And then like our outreach is super huge. We see like 33,000 kids a year. And wow. like there just really isn't any other programs that are operating at that capacity or at that quality like nationwide. So it's a really a rare and awesome opportunity. So do you with the kids like are, are they are they acting exclusively or do they also get opportunities to like write and direct yeah. or any like the whole thing or just yeah. certain pieces of Yes. It? Yeah. No, all of that. <laughs> really? So um I teach um I started our film program. It was an acting for the camera class and I jumped in. I was like, oh no 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 create your whole story. Do the <laughs> do the whole thing. Learn right. it all. And so now we're in our third or third year of that um, which is super awesome. And so these kids, they participate in a local film competition called Sadal 48, mm-hmm. and they get nominated. They've been nominated every year. This past year was our second year. And so they, they're competing with uh, 100 other teams of but presumably adults, right, and other people. So it's really cool that they're they're starting to climb that ladder and getting better at their quality and their ideas. But, yeah, so film class. Um, I also teach a high school acting troupe, which is where we meet every week and at the school building, we have a black box theater, which is a small 60-seat, you know, you probably like a stand-up style theater. Okay. I could feel kind of like that, probably. Okay. Um, but it's, yeah, just a small little 60-seat theater, so we can put on our own shows there, where it's not like the Landers, where if 60 people come to a show there, you're in trouble. Right, right. <laughs> it's actually, how many people is the Landers? It's seat? like five. It's changed, because they keep having to make the seats bigger for people, because <laughs> people keep getting bigger. <laughs> Um, so it's changed over my life. When I was a kid, it was in the 600s or maybe higher. And so now it's in like the high 500s. Huh. But um, 
Yeah. So if you sell 60 seats there, you're like, we are doomed. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, But those kids get to write and create their own stuff in that space. In that black box theater space or whatever. So, yeah. So you have, I've only been aware, and this may have happened a long time before this, but I've been aware in the last year or so that you have actually written some plays that some of these students or someone has put on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess... Was when did that start? Like, how long have you been doing the playwriting stuff yourself? Um, I feel like I've always done the storytelling part of it, so that part's harder to track down. Sure, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then, but I've taken a lot of like screenwriting classes and script writing classes. I took a really cool one in New York from a guy named Robert McKee. Mm. Did something called the Artist Story, which is super cool. Hmm. Um, And then, yeah, and so I don't know. So it was kind of innate, and then I. When I graduated high school, I pretty much dumped theater shortly after that and got right into film and television. Right. And so then, you know, if no one's going to hire you to direct stuff in film and television, like not really. Oh, okay. Like you will be, right? Like people obviously are. someone has that job. Right. But yeah, it's going to whoever, Francis Ford Coppola, it's not going to you. It's not going to me. And if you want to direct stuff, you have to write your own stuff, basically. Okay. Okay. So, like, and that's the whole mantra now with all that. That whole entertainment industry is, like, writing your own stuff and creating your own content. And it's like that guy that is on Saturday Night Live now. I can't remember his name. I shouldn't have brought him up. Is it, like, Beck Bennett, maybe? Maybe. He, he had the all the super funny, like, um, like neighbor or roommate sketches on his YouTube channel. There's two guys, Kyle and Beck. It's Kyle. Okay. So he he has a partner then that's also on SNL that, and they they're, they're videos I've seen on YouTube from like a decade ago. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how like people are getting found now. No right. one's getting discovered in line anymore. Right. Like, oh hey kid, you should be in pictures. <laughs> that's not happening. People are creating their own stuff and getting their mug out there, and they're like, oh, right. got a good look. Comes he's also a writer, writer right. actor. Sign him up, especially for like SNL. Well, right, yeah, yeah, perfect for it. Yeah, I actually watched an interview just the other day, or a little snippet of one with Robert Downey Jr. And he was talking about his time on SNL. I didn't know that he was on SNL. I didn't either. Apparently, he was terrible at it and, and <laughs> it didn't short. last for more than a season. But yeah, um, but yeah, he was talking about how he didn't really have the. It was way too stressful for him because he came from more of a, a film type background, and the improv rapid fire, you know, style of SNL was just not not his cup of tea. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that Robert Downey Jr. had a problem with that. What was more weird was, and I know he's been around forever, but honestly, prior to the Marvel series, the only thing I really remember him in is a Scanner Darkly. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really remember that movie that well. I just That's the movie where they painted over the yeah, film. Yeah, rotoscoping. Super dope visually. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was 23 and watched it being like, that was cool, but I don't know what the movie's about. But, um, but anyway, watching that interview with him, it was so weird to see how different he is in person what you know in the interview as himself than as tony stark because i just always have had this impression that like that is just like he is just tom cruising that role right like tony stark is robert downey jr is you know yeah it's all one and the same and no very different mannerisms even like and it's it's not like he's doing an accent or something but just like even just the way his cadence just the way he talks is different and, I, and it, it, it was it actually just made me appreciate his work in those Marvel movies. Like, oh, he's really actually doing something for that Iron Man. You know right. what I mean? It's not just, again, Tom Cruising it. And maybe that's unfair to Tom Cruise. I don't know. But I think you get the point. Tom Cruise is great at Tom Cruise. <laughs> he is. And honestly, to his credit, did you ever see that movie with him and Jamie Foxx where he's the bad guy? 
Uh, which one? Um, it's where he's like, I can't remember the name of it, but it, it's where Jamie Foxx is a cab driver and Tom Cruise is a hitman. And he he makes him keep driving. He's like, no, just keep driving. Right, Stay and here. takes him to all these different yeah. hits. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's just legit the villain of the film. And he's actually pretty compelling as the villain. Like, it was very different from anything else you ever see Tom Cruise He was in. good in um, Interview with a Vampire, too. He, and, I mean, he's got, I mean, you know, um, oh, now I can't, uh, the movie where they sleep. <laughs> Vanilla Skies. <laughs> yeah, he's the like, movie where something. they sleep. They get in the car. There's, there's clouds. I thought of it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Vanilla Sky. Like, he's good. He's really good in that. And that's kind of a weird, you know, movie for him. But, you, you know, obviously he's like Top Gun and Mission Impossible and all that shit. Anyway, so... Um, so yeah, I guess I just completely derailed whatever you were talking about. It doesn't but, matter. <laughs> but uh, but so do you? Do you think that you? And certainly, uh, all of the same is an appropriate answer as well. But do you think that you like acting versus directing versus writing one more than the other, or the whole ball of wax? Or? I've um, yeah. So this is something I discovered really in this last year, and I kind of knew it already. But like, it takes a lot to sort of take out the acting tool bag these days mm. like it just takes a lot it, it, in the sense that like um you know not to compare myself to leo dicaprio but like he was like i'm only taking on one film a year now so that i can dedicate my whole year to that part so sure. i can really do it the justice that it deserves right and just like i just super agree with that sentiment yeah because i recently did one it was just a one act and if you're into like theater or one acts at all like you know it. it's called the zoo story it's by edward albee who's like an og playwright just like super awesome dude so that part though it just takes so much out of you and like to not and it's a monologue basically it's a guy comes up to another guy on a bench and it's basically an hour of the guy just kind of goading this guy on the bench and then kind of making fun of him and like i don't know trying to pressure him out of his polite responses and get him to behave like an animal okay. right and huh. it's so it's just it's just that was such a terrible way to describe that but it's like <laughs> that's what's happening in that and okay. so it takes a lot emotionally and mentally and like it just takes so much to have to put that up to try to squeeze that in somewhere or try to do it back to back to back for me that's like sort of lost its mat that part of it's like lost the magic for me like i don't want to do it unless i can fully commit and knock it out of the park right otherwise it, it's just you've been in probably hundreds yeah, of productions yeah so i've done hundreds thousands, of shows I mean, yeah and then like improv shows i've done thousands of improv yeah that was, shows. that's what i was gonna ask you too when we were talking about the snl thing is have you ever done improv so obviously the answer is yes then yeah comedy improv or is yeah comedy improv like, is it I mean, drama improv yeah well see kind of Maybe. i think when you're making stuff up as you go yeah like it's always funny and it's like they always tell it's like truth and comedy and like just believe in the reality of the scene it's like you sort of been stiller it right where it's like things are just really ridiculous but he takes it very seriously and so it's just right hilarious and that makes it funny right yeah yeah i tried to do you know obviously i did stand up a long time ago and um I mean, I guess the most recent I did was like five years ago, but... Your stand-up's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's killer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's good. Your stand-up's good. Um, well, and so I tried to go to... I signed up at the... It was right when the, the Skinny Improv changed to the Springfield Improv. Mm -hmm. And they offered beginners improv classes. And I was like, I'm going to go do that because I've never done that before. And I, I've, I mean, I've never really done sketch writing or anything either, but I've thought about that. And, you know, as most people probably have tossed around ideas with friends and stuff. And I was like, well, maybe that would be cool. So I went and 
I was the only person in there that had no experience. Everyone else in the beginner's class was either already at the improv, like doing weekly stuff, or there were a couple people who had no affiliation, but they were theater actors. Mm -hmm. So they were all just way more comfortable with that whole environment than I was. <laughs> yeah. And like, and I, I'm not going to on the Springfield Improv. It was early in the in their their education stuff and I know they still offer those classes and I'm sure it, it's awesome but um, this particular day at least they just they weren't they weren't like mean to me or something it's not like they picked on me but they didn't really <laughs> bail me out at all like yeah. and maybe they're not supposed to maybe that's part of the whole experience I don't really know but like we had to get in these two lines and then you just go up you know in pairs and and do an improv scene with whoever the random person that you're lined up across from is and I again, I have no idea. And so we walk out, and I'm like, "Hey!" And the guy's like, "Well, you're soaking wet." And I just stared at him. <laughs> and there was like eight seconds of silence. And I go, "I have no idea what to say. I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do here." And they were like, "We'll always do yes and," which apparently is the like yeah. mantra of improv. Yeah. Yes and is the only thing you think is just agree and then add, agree and then add. Because in another time, I disagreed with someone. I was like, that didn't happen. And they were like, don't do that. And I was like, oh, I don't, I'm so terrible at this. And then to conclude the hour-long class, they're like, which isn't that long. They're like, okay, now everyone get characters in your head. And then you're going to come out and act out your character. And then we're going to ask you questions about it. So make sure you think of everything. And again, all these other people, which I later found out is common, have characters that they've developed over time and, mm -hmm. the, and and I'm sure they try out new ones but whatever I've never done <laughs> any of this you know what I mean yeah so I didn't know what to do so I tried to do some like frat guy impression that wasn't inspired at all and then they're at they're like so where do you go to school and I was like ah, blew it Drury I don't know like <laughs> I just you know <laughs> Drury yeah. State yeah Crap. Not, this, is this supposed to be fun and I'd said of course to start there when they're like so who has experience with what? And I was like, oh, I used to host a stand-up show, which then immediately makes me feel like I'm supposed to be innately funny or good at this. Yeah. Terrible experience. <laughs> Didn't go back either. I was just like, one yeah, I went that time and I was like, that's not for me. It's <laughs> not for me. <laughs> uh, that was, Dude, do you remember that time you bailed me out when I was doing stand-up? The one and only time? No. You were there. I was, um, it was at the Outland downstairs. Oh, okay. And, um, and like you showed up. I don't even know if you were going to be there or like what the story was. <laughs> but like, I was, was up it there. one of MERS events or I like think laughing so. stock or whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so I was cracking up one of the guys one time just talking about a story about a movie that I hated so much and why I hated it and why the guy who made it sucked. Right. Like, not like anyone local, but like mainstream sure. or whatever. And, uh, Anyway, and he's like, oh, see, that's what you're going to do for the stand-up show. Just do that. Just do that. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. No, great. Great, kid. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I get up there, and I'm like, all right, hey, how many of you guys have ever seen this movie? And no one saw it. <laughs> that was it. That's rule number one. Yeah. You, can't, you can't depend on audience participation. You can't. 
if you have to, if you start by asking them a question, that will happen, and then yeah. you're F, so you just gotta, you just gotta do it. No one raised their hand. And then so I was like, that's all right, they'll still think it's funny by how much I hate this guy. Right. And then I just like kept going, and then like there was just never a single reaction. And I was just like, okay, quick, make something else up. Just make something up. And then it turned into like, and then I got a ring at my doorbell. <laughs> and then I just said some stuff, and then you let out the most. Like the biggest bellowing pity laugh <laughs> from way in the back of the room, and I was like, I'm, "Thank you, everyone. Thank you." I'm Thank the you. biggest asshole when it comes to open <laughs> mics. That's the other problem with being a comic is that it's supposed to be this brotherhood where you all like, like, take notes and give each other feedback and like, "Hey, that was a really good story. Maybe you could add in this kind of element or whatever, you know," and just try and help each other out. And I'm I'm just an asshole, so I don't care what any of them think. I'm not interested <laughs> in their feedback, and I, I'm not uh, compassionate for people dying. And I've died on stage infinite times, so it's not like I'm above it. But when someone bombs, I I it just kills me. Like I laugh so hard, and I know that it's so wrong <laughs> and painful. <laughs> I can't help it because it's it's a room full of people, and it's dead silent. <laughs> Oh, man. But, That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Open mic. I don't know, man. Open mic's all right, but it's it's cool if you can go at the front. But if you have to wait through ten dudes or female, whatever, ten people to to do their bit, and then you go, it's hard because the audience is exhausted because they just being watch, polite. Yeah, because they just watch ten people who generally, at least, just get up and say really crass things like. What? How can I combine genitalia and any curse word I can think of, and then punchline? And it's like, uh, and it sucks because maybe I used that somewhere in my bit, but it, I actually tried to write a joke. You know what I mean? Right. The punchline wasn't just I said fuck. You know? Like, well, and that's one of the things that's <laughs> occurred to me a lot lately is like, because now I'm writing a lot these days, right? Yeah. I write a lot, and so uh, one of the things was like, it's just like quietly sitting there, like you can go back and you can. You don't have to leave it like that. And, like, maybe I do have to leave it like that. And that's how I feel still. Right. But, like, there's still this voice that's like, yeah, go go ahead and try it again. Why don't you just, like, try writing some stuff? Try to do it on purpose this time. <laughs> like, right. see what happens. Like, whatever. It's like, I actually don't have an interest in performing like that, though, anymore. You know what I mean? Right. But it's still just weird, this weird thing. It's like, well, now that you know the trick, why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> go on. Get up there. Ugh. Huh. So, um... So the the play that you, how many plays have you written that the kids have put on or whatever um, so far? So right now we're doing about one a year because that's all that I can, that's all the strength I can muster. We like we just have so much going all the time that it's like to be able to actually like carve out that kind of time to put together an hour length show or musical, mm -hmm. which is the, what I did this last one. So I'm doing about one a year now. And then, so the last year, the one I did was called Blow You Winds Blow, and I stole most of the music. It's all old sea shanties. Okay. But it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. They just exist out there. Right, right. And so, and then composed them with, like, hip-hop and trap beats. Nice. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It was just super cool. <laughs> and then um, just, and it's just a pirate adventure of a kid going to get a map. And then like they getting the map is actually the beginning of the adventure, which is the end of the story. So oh, that's okay. the whole show. That's right. Cool. But it's kids versus adult pirates. And then like there's a sea dragon and mermaids and like, wow, it's just cool.
So do you, and like you said, you know, you did theater as a kid, and then now obviously you're working in the theater, but in between that, you really focused more on, like, TV film stuff. I worked for a long time in, like, reality TV mostly, because that's where most, yeah, that's where, like, the (laughs) door was to get in. Right, well, and still is, I think, for, I mean, that's, yeah. You hear people talking all the time, you know, people trying to get famous or whatever. That's what they do, trying uh, to go on reality TV. Oh, I know. It's disgusting. I just mean yeah. <laughs> it's a trend. No, reality TV is just garbage, but it's so cheap to make. Right. It's so cheap well, to you make. Because you pay for talent. Yeah. I mean, you're still paying them, but you're not paying them, like, what talent is worth. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean, right? Like, yeah. like, a real actor is like, I'm not doing this for $100. But Joe Schmo is like, $100? And I get to be on TV? Sign me yeah. up. Or it's like, <laughs> hey, you, sir. Or they'll, they've like, they will like put out ads in the local area. That's like where they spend a lot of money, too, is like radio ads and Facebook ads and Craigslist and stuff like that. Hmm. Like, do you have a weird tattoo with a cool story? <laughs> Call us and you could blah, 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 blah. And then, like, that's what happens. That's horrible. And then they get on there, and they just, like, really... First, they'll go get them coffee at the place down the street right around the corner, and they'll, like, get them all juiced up and, like, talk to them and love on them. Be like, oh, yeah, that is so cool and smart, and you're pretty and charming, and, like, oh, how great you are. You're just the best. They're like, Walker, the way you the way you touch your chin, yeah. that's going to look so good on TV. Oh, nice. In front of a camera. <laughs> just wait till the camera see you touch your chin like yeah. that. No, I just stopped doing it. You made me insecure. Yeah. There's no camera. In here, <laughs> but and then they walk you down the street, and then they like get on their little headset, and they're like, "Okay, sending them in now," and then they just push them in there, and they're live. They've already signed their whole life away over that coffee thing, and so like whatever happens from this point on, like <laughs> that's now it. they got that footage. That's, that's and that's wild. what they do. That's the whole premise. That's the entire thing. I, I remember when Survivor came out because I was in like high school in that, and I, I I guess really that's not fair. I guess Real World and Road Rules were like the first main huge reality TV kind of things. Yeah. But Survivor was on network television, right? Whereas yeah. those others were MTV shows that kids liked. But anyway, I remember watching it and being like, well, this sucks, but everything's a trend, everything's a fad, so give it five years and this will all be gone. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> Completely uh. wrong. It was it, Instead, that became... Everything, like everything, it destroyed everything. Yeah, like, it destroyed everything. There's no History Channel. There's no Discovery. There's no Animal Planet. Animal Planet's all like dog canines and what's it called? Yeah, I don't know, but it's probably a reality show about a veterinarian or some yeah. shit. That yeah, <laughs> or yeah, History Channel is just American Pickers now like, and Duck Dynasty, yeah. or that's AMC. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah, they're all the same. I and like, dude, I've worked for so many of those. No, no one actually works. Like maybe the Duck Dynasty guys work for the the affiliate channel but most most of these are production agencies like you and i start one up companies and you and i start one up right now and we just start filming pilots and shooting these pitches to them and eventually they're going to be interested in some or say like hey i like your stuff maybe see we're looking for stuff in this area Mm. or whatever and then once you're on the end then you can keep doing the soft pitches and it's so inexpensive to get into they invest into a lot of them which is why there's so much right and so like you end up working for a lot of these like fly by night agencies and stuff like that and for stuff that will do a season or like you know i did like larry the cable guy just while he was like in the area he had a show called only in america or something like that and like it was just like and you know it's just all that kind of stuff and then you just jump from one to the other and you just keep doing it and then i don't know you meet a lot of cool people and a lot of really terrible people yeah we i i know a guy that i think you might mutually know um i won't say his name on the pod but i'll share with you after but uh, he works on the Real Housewives of Dallas and has for like six years, but 
And I was like, really? And it's actually a buddy of Misha's. And Misha was like, yeah, but I mean, he said he's got to travel the world and see super cool stuff. And he's like, I think he's like the director of photography. Yeah. I don't know the terms. The or camera whatever, guy. Yeah. Um, but he's been doing it for quite a while. So it's like, I mean, it pays well and he gets to see cool stuff and he's doing the work that he wanted to do, whether it's on the project he wants to do. I don't know. Right. But, you know, I don't know. To some point, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, dude, it's, I mean, like, set life is good life, especially, like, when it's, uh, when it's stuff like that, where you get, you're getting, like, cash in your pocket for food every day, or they're feeding you, mm-hmm. they have to feed you for one. Oh, but, like, like a per diem kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, so it just, like, it always depends on what kind of show you're on, or if it's, like, union or union rules, or, like, stuff like that, but they, um, yeah, they have to feed you at a certain point, and then, like, but it's just cool, because... Like, I worked on one that we shot here, um, Ink, Ink. It was, like, a tattoo about the all-girl tattoo shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you were familiar with that. I remember I, I remember that coming out or something, seeing media about it, so. <laughs> yeah, those poor, <laughs> okay. those poor girls. Okay. I actually, like, I, I grew to know them and love them, and I really, like, I respect them. And, uh, and so, like, it just super sucks because basically TLC came here and made a, a TV show with them. And then they got them to trash the town that they oh, live right. in. And everyone hated on them yeah. for it. Right. That's that's why I came across it. And there's already, <laughs> like, I mean, there's plenty of tattoo shops that suck in town that are not good at doing tattoos. Right. And, like, maybe some of their artists aren't as good as some of the artists at the best tattoo shops. But they're certainly not the worst tattoo right. shop. They're actually trying to be professional. And they had, um, and they they were already kind of catching some gruff. And I think some of it was related to being like, "There's no guy in team here at this tattoo uh, shop." Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but anyway, so I think they already had a little bit of hate. But then once that uh, intro came out for that show, there was like, so the girl just starts out. Springfield is ignorant, stupid, <laughs> dumb, <laughs> like. It's just the, it's how the show starts, and so the whole city is like excited to see like what's gonna happen with this show. Oh, crazy! Oh, I know somebody who was who was on it. I hate all your redneck fucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> she comes out swinging. She makes fun of like college kids. She makes fun of rednecks. She makes fun of religious people. Like all in one sentence. And it's just like, oh um, no. That's like the whole town. There's college kids and religious people. I like. got to see the first cut of that, and it killed me. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. Um, yeah, I, I've never had any. I've never been close to something like that at all. I, I frankly, now knowing that you have worked in on those programs, whatever you call them, in some capacity, that's the closest I've been is right now. <laughs> right now, <laughs> yeah. Knowing you, yeah. And I only found that out right well, now. Well, so. you're you're almost famous. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's not what I meant as much as just like, and I, I mean. I, now, to be fair, I don't hang out with a huge amount of people, um, but, yeah, none of the people I kick it with on a regular basis are anywhere close to trying to be in that world or anything, so that's interesting to hear about it. Um, so you talked about being an actor, and now you kind of only want to do that if um, if you have a... If it's, like, a role that's really significant to you. Is that... I mean... Or that you have a lot of t- you can dedicate a lot of time to. Is that a fair way to yeah. who you were saying earlier? Yeah, Bo- okay. both are true. Both okay. are true. Like I've done. So you do. I don't know if that's the question. No, go but ahead. I've done a lot of like chorus stuff, 
like background being in the big group singing in the back like okay right like you do that a lot when you're in high school and early college like that's what you're doing if it's a big musical because you know if you go to see i don't know whatever lion king sure right i'm not getting cast as simba right like it's not me i'm gonna be over here like singing and dancing back right you're one of the hyenas yeah right right and so like like, I'm not doing that again. Gotcha. Like, I respect it. I it's necessary. But it's like, dude, I've crossed that off my list. Like, yeah. I'm not gaining any more from doing that. It, yeah. It, it's not the same because I haven't put in nearly the amount of time and effort that you have in, in stand-up as you have in acting. But, I mean, it sounds kind of like my sentiment about open mics where it's just like, I don't know. Like, I get it that this is the grind that you do, but I just, I don't I'm not really, gonna do I, it. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just not going to do it. Well, and, and it's like... Also, you know, with with the open mic part of it, at least, like, I on it. I mean, I'm 35 now. I don't want to hang out in bars, yeah, for four hours, three nights a week. Like, no thanks, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> I want to go home. That's yeah. why the podcast is so great because <laughs> I can record. I don't have to deal with anybody else. We can put it out. If I bomb, I don't know because I don't have to look <laughs> at the audience. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I can look at the listener numbers. I guess so. you might get some comments. Do you allow replies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I actually requested people email the show with any thoughts or comments. Never got an email. So. Oh, cool. I'm going to start emailing you. <laughs> yeah, you should. I'm going to sign you up for some newsletters. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. Um, so so back to the TV movie thing that we were kind of talking about earlier. Do you, I mean, would, would that be something that you'd be interested in getting back in if the money was right or it's just not? Not your cup of tea, or so like. Uh, I don't mean to be too personal no, about know. the money question at all. I just no, no, no. It's the money is super good. <laughs> the money is super good in film and television. Even if you're really low on the totem pole, like if a show came into town, you could get three hundred bucks a day doing their job, which isn't like really good, but it's yeah. pretty good. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you're working twelve hour days minimum. Right, but that's like six figures, so, <laughs> it, so it gets there. It like it, it works out when you're doing. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so, like, you can negotiate, um, like, 300 bucks a day to be a PA, right, a production assistant. Mm -hmm. So, and then everything just goes up from there. And basically, you have your day rate, and you say, this is what I'll be paid per day. And they're, like, they take it or leave it. And you can negotiate if you want to, but, like, it's like, no, I'm a $600 a day guy. Is that in your budget? It's not. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, you get you get paid good money to do that so, stuff. So, yeah, what is it? I've heard, um, you know, Bill Hader from yeah. SNL or whatever. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, like, he's great. He, oh, man, he's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. I actually haven't really – I've seen just the other day, I saw a couple clips of his new show, Barry. Super good. I have to imagine it is because everything else I've ever seen him in I love. So yeah, It's just fun. I love the – it's a, like a real fish out of water thing. Do you know the premise of that show? He's like a, an assassin going to – like a hitman going to acting class, right? Yeah. That is oddly relevant like to this conversation. But... <laughs> he like chases a mark, I think. I can't remember how it sets it up, but you think he chases a mark into an acting class. Okay. And then just sits in there all wide-eyed like – I'm going to be a star, you know, like, <laughs> like he somehow is like the teacher's like, no, you suck. You standing over there, you come be in this scene, right? Act with this person or right, whatever. Right. And that's how it starts. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, he's, yeah, I think he's, I mean, genius level. He's, he's, I mean, up there with me, he's one of the all time SNL all-stars, if you will. You yeah. Know, and like he was a writer for tons of stuff too, right? Uh, he, I know he's a writer for South Park, which is like. Yeah, you need no other credential for me. Like, is he on Conan too? I don't. I can't remember. It kind of or Simpsons seems like Conan was on the Simpsons. Conan was on the Simpsons. It does seem like there was an SNL person that wrote for Conan, but I don't know if it was Bill Hader. We're not good at our name dropping. It doesn't matter. 
Um, they're not listening anyway. So. <laughs> Bill, if you can hear us. Yeah. So he talks, I've watched a lot of interviews with him as well, and he talks about being a, a PA. What does a PA do? A PA is like, sometimes they're getting coffee, sometimes they're flagging traffic in the street. Um, sometimes there's like all kinds of different levels of PAs okay. where like um, like you have a key PA. So is this what you see in like the credits when it's like best key grip or whatever? Those guys are all going to be – so all those weird names that you don't understand like key grip, best boy, best key, all that yeah, kind of – Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like those guys are all working out of the grip truck or the grip department, which is all like basically the structural lighting and electrical equipment. Mm. So they're, they're a lot – they're very close to – this is maybe this is insulting, but they're very close to like construction workers almost. Okay. Like in the style of work that they're doing on set. They're constantly building rigs like to go on the camera. They're loading the car into the trailer and putting the stuff on the side of it. They're hanging huge silks or like putting up a whatever, a 10K light on a crane in the middle of the night in the woods to make it look like moonlight. Gotcha. Generators. So kind of like uh rolling cable. Like the like the guys that set up and tear down like for bands or whatever. Exactly. To show. Yeah, yeah. Roadies or yeah. whatever. They're a little better than roadies, but sure. I, think... I realize roadies is probably a bit. De- roadies are like carnies. But... No, I don't know. Where? <laughs> I promise I wouldn't insult anyone when I came on here. <laughs> well, the difference just being, I think that, you know, it's a bad comparison on my part because one is a live show that's getting torn down and taken somewhere else, whereas on the movie set, certainly they move around or whatever, but it's not. They're not going town to town performing a thing in that same yeah. way. So. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. No, but they're, it's that's very equivalent, though. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. But those guys, so that's what those guys are doing. But PAs, man, they are, you have a bunch of different departments on a film set, but PAs are part of the production department. So you're producers and you have a bunch of different producers. Like, um, like one producer will just be in charge of, like, the scheduling and one person will be in charge of, like, the money, like, and not just, like, giving the money, not, like, executive producer, not, like, an EP, but, like, they'd be more in charge of, like, where the money's going, making sure receipts are being accounted for, all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And so when you work in production, you're making the movie, ha- you're making all of the behind-the-scenes of the behind-the-scenes happen. So you're making sure that trailers are arriving on time, that... Um, talent is being picked up from the airport and taken to their hotel, Mm. that they're moving through costumes and wardrobe um, appropriately, that you're getting, if you're on location, like like for that TV show, um, if you're on location for that, you're getting the first thing in the morning, you're handing everyone restaurant menus and saying, circle what you want to make sure that it's ready by the time lunch happens. And like, so it's all the business or like you're going to Sam's to buy all the craft services for that TV show. Administrative more so yeah tasks yes kind of just picking up loose ends maybe is again not fair but kind of whatever needs to be done that didn't clearly fall to another defined role right right kind of where the pa comes in and the thing is like dude every almost everything that i were every project i worked on that i jumped in as a pa i got promoted within the project and like moved up oh wow because i didn't suck right you know like as i always tell my kids it's like dude all you have to do on a film set is like listen right write it down stay out of the way and don't suck right like if you do those things people are like hey you're worth a damn yeah right here's a shot kid <laughs> it's amazing actually how far a person can get by just not being an asshole like, yeah and i don't mean not being mean but what you're talking about like just do what you said you were gonna do Pick and up like your trash yeah just execute the task and like don't don't be a douchebag about it and don't ask me which broom to sweep the floor. Like, that's a super waste of everyone's time. You have no idea how many PAs, are, PAs come in and it's like, yeah, well, I went to the closet, but there were three rooms in there. And it's like, dude, I don't have a favorite. Like, just grab one, man. Just leave the floor swept. So, 
Um, well, so, you know, when you started then kind of doing, and I, 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 when you started doing the TV and film stuff is what I was thinking of a decade ago or, or more. Um, That's probably true. I remember coming over to, to your house and you had like a building out in back with a green screen hung up and you did the Sato Film Festival, which is that 48 hour competition you were talking about mm -hmm. at the beginning of the show. Um, so at, at that time, YouTube was not what it is today. YouTube was mostly user-made content. Videos were 10 minutes. There was no HD content, so everything looked like hell. And now YouTube is like, I mean, Insane. I watch CNN clips and everything. I mean, all the Bill Hader interviews I watch yeah. are on that, right? So have you ever, like, had that, is that ever something you've explored, trying to, like, make TV film type stuff and, and going the YouTube route? Because that's instant production, right? I mean, or right. instant publishing maybe is a better way, not production, but. Yeah, no, that's totally, I mean, that's where it's at these days. Everyone's yeah. looking for content creators and like even musicians, like labels won't really, this isn't true, this is a generalization I should say, but labels are looking for people with like, that already have 100,000 followers right. on their social channels and they're looking for people who already have X million amount of listens on their Spotify's and whatever. Right. And then they're willing to li like, there's no more mixed that it's so crazy. I have this conversation with the, the kids all the time, yeah. which is a, a thing. <laughs> this is a thing talking to these kids and like their ideas and like, and like what the world is like for them versus where it was when I was there. Cause I went through the same program growing up. It's right. very different. Now there were 12 of us. There's over 200 of them. <laughs> right. Now, right. And they're, they're going through this program. <laughs> and then like, so it's just crazy. Like, because it, it is a mirror, right? But this is what I tell them all the time. I'm just like, you guys, like, you have to do the work. If you want to climb up there, now it's like, not only do you have to be ready, but you also have to still be doing the work. Like, you have to be creating your own stuff and getting yourself out there. Right. Otherwise, like, you're not getting discovered. No one's getting discovered anymore. Right. Which, I don't know. I mean, there's merits to that and not, right? Like, I'm, I, gatekeepers can be a problem because they can keep out people who are otherwise deserving but like that's something i self-promoting my own show i guess but something i talked about on a few episodes ago is like it seems like a problem that we have now and it, it's like the pendulum is just swinging to the extremes like we came from everything was curated for you and you had no control over what content you had right. access to to now it's gone the other way where there's no curation of anything and anything, everything is just out and anyone can make anything, which is awesome in a lot of ways. But when coupled with like the rampant sensationalism that everything has now, it can also just be really hard to understand what what might be good or what might what is true or what's reasonable or what you should actually give a shit about. And people will be like, oh, well, you have to, like, you can't, you can't listen to the news. You got to go research it yourself. And it's like, yeah, but motherfucker, like, I don't have time to research 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, all this different shit. Like, that's why people have different jobs. <laughs> like, right. That's why a journalist is a journalist. Right. So that they can commit the time to figuring it out. And I then trust their reporting. I don't want to be a journalist, too, you know? Um... So I don't know. It's a and not that you know, not that kids making YouTube videos to promote their acting careers is right. journalism, but just I don't. It, it, there's so much noise. I guess maybe there is so much noise.
I feel like we ruined the internet right before it got good. Right? <laughs> like, I really do. I feel like we ruined it because, like, I like it's actually hard for me to search on YouTube. Like, yeah. I have difficulty, and not like in an old man way, but in like I search for stuff and then I get hits for like what's popular. And I know, like, I know you can mess with the filters and all that stuff. I'm not like, I'm not I saying do. like I'm an I old man, <laughs> but I just mean like I get all these hits for stuff that's like. Yeah, this guy influencer put out a, something on this topic, and it's like, dude, I don't care about that guy. Right. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's like yesterday I went to go see. So I had never watched any of the Marvel movies, mm -hmm. and then, well, that's not true. I watched like, I watched the first couple of Iron Man's, the good I'd, ones. I'd seen, eh, I'd seen the of the first Avengers movie, and then I don't know if I'd seen any more. Anyway, swore them all off. I hate him. I said, hate the yeah. franchise. Blah blah blah. And then, you know, recently the end game came out and that's the, I don't know that it's the finale of the MCU, but it's the finale of the story they've been telling for the last decade. Yeah. And I was like, I've always said, like, I wish I was 10 when that started so that I could have been a kid and thought that those were the coolest movies that I'd ever seen. Because how awesome to have this connected universe of movies that comes out over a decade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's nothing else like it. It's like a TV show except yeah. in film We form. kind of got Harry Potter. Well, and see, I did, and that there's another one. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't, I saw, I've seen them now, but I didn't watch those until three years ago. Like, yeah. I never. Did you like them? I did. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, it's damn magical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they were good, and I had always been under the impression, because um, I was in high school when Lord of the Rings came out, right? And that was really my first exposure to like that much fantasy. I mean, I had seen like the movie Willow <laughs> and stuff like that when I was a little kid, so. Not that I'd never seen anything fantastical, but not that it was just that committed to fantasy. Yeah. And so then when Harry Potter came out and it's like, oh, is that cool? They're like, eh, it's like an eight-year-old kid learns magic. And it's like, I don't want to see that. No, it's not cool. No. I but thought they were girl books when they, I, like, that's the age I was like, right. I'm not reading girl books. <laughs> what? That's funny. Um, so, yeah, I watched, I went and saw Endgame yesterday. So in the last two months, I've watched all of the Marvel movies. All of them? All of them, except I did skip Thor, Ragnarok, and Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp or whatever. Yeah. So I found this this order online that where you don't watch them in the order that they were released. You watch them in the order of, like, the chronology. How the story. In the story, right? Yeah. So the first one is Captain America, and the second one is Captain Marvel, because that technically takes place in the 90s, even though that movie just came out this year. Oh, cool. How cool to see them in that order. For yeah, the first it was. Um, and so, yeah, so I watched them all through in that. Again, minus those couple, but and then, but then once I saw Infinity War, I was like, well, I really just want to see Endgame now, um, and it was in theater, so I was like, I haven't seen any of these in the theater. I bet it's better there. So I went and saw it. Well, they re-released it because they put out the extra credit scene or whatever at the end, mm -hmm. and that movie's three hours long. So when I got done with it, I was like, I'm not sitting through these credits. Like, I'll just YouTube it. <laughs> this is a very long story to just simply say that, like, just trying to look up a video to find, like, what is, like, what's the end credit scene? Like, oh, my God, the people that, you, like, I found a guy that eventually explained what it was, and it really was. I'm glad I didn't stay. It wouldn't have been worth it for me, at least, not being that super fan, I guess. But, um, but yeah, it was just it was just brutal listening to all of the rest of his video. Like, it just sucks really bad. But I wanted to see that scene, you yeah. know what I mean? So what, you're trapped. Like, what else do you do? And I'm not going to go through a hundred videos of, that explain that scene to find the one guy that I don't think is annoying. Right. So you just kind of suck it up. 
Well, that's uh, how we broke it. Like, what uh, algorithm is the word, right? Yeah. Like, everyone's the algorithms, the algorithms, but it's so true. This is the big thing where we were talking about before, where it's like that the gatekeeping and the pendulum or whatever. Right, 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 right. Where it's like now YouTube doesn't monetize people unless their videos are at least 10 minutes long. But not all subjects, which is this is one thing that Netflix has done really well at, is that not all subjects are 10 minute long subjects, dude. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a minute long subject. Right. Like sometimes it's a 30 second, like, oh, here's the thing that happened at the end of the, you know, give me all the hits. I'll get into it really quick. So do music, I guess music is not monetized then at all on YouTube anymore. I don't know. I don't know how it, I'm not. Right, right. I'm not into the YouTuber world. Yeah, well, I mean, I know just like putting. So I put this show on on YouTube. Now it's just a still image with the audio. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, in order to monetize, you also have to be completely family friendly. Like there can be zero explicit content if you want to advertise at all. And it's like, is there really no advertiser that would work with someone that said fuck on a podcast? And I know the answer is yes, there is. Yeah. But... They just don't. Why? Why would they spend the time doing that? I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, figuring out those niche relationships. They got into a lot of, but they got a lot of heat for like. There's all those really weird like Princess Elsa and Spider Man videos on YouTube. Do you hear about that? Is it the shit that like targets kids or whatever? Yeah, I've. It's just like weird sexual stuff with like animated. Oh wow! Cartoon characters. Okay, and so it falls right into like. I heard. I remember seeing headlines or something that. There was stuff that was not appropriate for kids that was was being published, if you will call it that, as a kids video on YouTube. So yeah. I think that's what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, it's just like which I weird stuff, anything, man. But... I, yeah, I haven't seen it, but like, you know, I don't need to see it. No, right, right, right. Yeah, no, <laughs> I get I'm, it. That's, that's where I'm at, too. That's why I was like. Nah. I feel that. So, so that's funny, like. You know, 32 is not that old, but I'm certainly at a point where in my life where you totally just feel like, dude, I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I said about so many things, like right. just a refusal to participate. Yes. I get it. I get what's happening over there. I don't want any. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, w- I mean, I was talking with uh, with Nick the other day about it, and we – so a couple of weeks ago, I went over to um, a mutual friend's house, and he's like 20 – maybe and he lives with like three or four other dudes who are all that age and they were all watching UFC and and I went over there with another buddy and we were watching that too and everyone was very nice and it's not like it was weird I mean I got along with everyone but it was one of the first times where I felt just genuinely too old for the crowd yeah I mean the you know the room of people um and again like I mean I made jokes with them and we bantered and again it wasn't uncomfortable but it was just like and I don't know how to explain it that well. Like, I don't, because it wasn't certain phrases they used. It's not like they said, huh. <laughs> I was going to just, like, <laughs> you, you, you gonna, I was going to try and use a hip phrase, which I'll still do since I started. <laughs> but it's not like they were all talking about, like, their eyebrows on fleek or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that they were all using lingo that I didn't get as much as it was just, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it other than it was just like, you guys are all fucking kids, man. Like, and they're again yeah. really nice guys. I don't. Their hate problems them at all. are like smaller, not to belittle whatever people are no, going through. No, yeah. But, like they're just their world is just a like it's just a smaller worldview. And just the jokes that they make. I mean, they do the same thing that we've always done, hanging out with a group, which everyone does, where you yeah. banter back and forth and bust each other's balls and joke around or whatever. And all of that was happening like it normally should, but it was just they were just clearly younger. But they're not. They're not kids like high school kids. You yeah. Know? I mean, I've been around that, and that's obviously their kids. 
But these are people who work and pay their own bills and live independent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're adults, but they're well, it's like clearly young. I don't want <laughs> like I, I don't want like a house full of roommates. Like that sounds terrible to me. It sure does. Like, it sure does, dude. There was eleven of them that showed up over there. Yeah. There was because they were gonna they were gonna play Dungeons and Dragons after the cool. UFC fight was over, which is is cool. But eleven, like. I wasn't even having a... Uh, that's not true. I guess we had a lot of people over when I was about that age, but... Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's part of the deal when you're that age. You're like, I get to have people over. I'm yeah, having people, people right. are coming here. <laughs> right. No one can tell me. Right. Now, I'm off the, I'm off the grid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want anyone to know where I live. <laughs> no. That's so funny. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It was... Like I said, it was, it was a nice, nice time, and, you know, I'm not mad at the dudes or anything at all, but I just... Yeah, I probably I'm not gonna be over there all the time to watch. They were like, anytime there's a UFC fight, you can come kick it. Like, you want to go floating with us? I'm like, no. And you don't want me to because I wouldn't be fun about yeah. it because I would just. Be I was like, like, oh, that seems dangerous. Yeah, or like, don't talk to me about that anymore. Yeah. And like that's what I think about. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Dude, uh, funny about like on fleek is I I find some of that language so stupid. Yeet, I actually appreciate. I don't know what that one means. I don't uh, understand yeet that one. Yeet is just throwing something. You can yeet something like. I'm just gonna yeet this across the room or okay. whatever. But like, what's... so can you yeet a comment? Is that also? Is it used like that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just tried to make it too complex. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's as versatile as I guess you need it to be. But like, I'm gonna like write a poem and be like, I'm just yeeting this, and then see if that works. See <laughs> I'm gonna if it, yeet this at you. Yeah, if it, if it speaks uh, to the youth. And, but it, it's also like, uh, you know, it's also just like cool, or you know, like you just be like yeet. <laughs> like it's it's all over the place. But what's really funny is so I actually appreciate that one because like sometimes you see like uh like you remember that old YouTube video of like the guys like break dancing in the crowd of people and a baby comes walking through and he like kicks the baby and the baby flies off screen. <laughs> no, but the baby is definitely heated, right? Like okay, wow. <laughs> like you you see that and you're like, okay, I can appreciate this word. Yeet. Yeah. Right? I, uh... <laughs> Poor kid. But I I go and do this to the kids like before we're doing a sh like if it's like if, like, I'm directing or assistant directing a show and, like, you go down before the curtain comes up and you're just, like, getting them all energized and just messing with them and, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You're just, like, pumping them up. And so I would just go down and use those words all as incorrectly as I could. <laughs> and, but, like, here's, like, here's the big tell is, like, they were annoyed by it, which was, like, you know, the dad jokes bonus. But they didn't understand that I was making fun of them. Right. Like, they thought I was just out of touch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, you just don't get it. Yeah. And it's like, no, I do get it, and it's not, it's yeah. not that cool. In six and... months, you're going to hate saying fleek. Right, right. Like, yeah, I kept hitting them with, like, oh, you guys, that's lit fam on fleek. <laughs> like, uh, they hated it so much, and it brought me so much joy. Yeah. But they thought I was serious. That's why I, I, uh, I stay on Instagram, so I can stay connected to the youth of America, because there's a lot of that on there. Um, Instagram is one of my favorites. Actually, Instagram is is just my favorite social media because it's actually really hard for people to argue because the comments get buried immediately. Yeah. So the only way to do it is if you constantly at someone. Mm -hmm. But if anyone forgets to at whoever in their response, then that person now doesn't know that they were. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's like you really have to work to fight on Instagram. Now it happens still, of course, but whereas like Facebook or Twitter, like. That's just the whole thing is just people uh, fighting so with garbage. each other. It's so horrible. It's so bad. <laughs> the internet is so t terrible. I love it. Obviously, we love it. Right. We're all addicted to it. But, like, 
Jeez, dude, the internet is just ruined. That's that's what this podcast <laughs> is going to be. We're just old men bitching now about. <laughs> well, it's just great. Like, I tell these kids, I'm like, because they want to add me on Facebook and stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm not adding you on Facebook until you've graduated. Like, then you can add me and you can see the photos of me when I was right in college. Like, cause it was Facebook opened when I turned 18, mm. like 2005. Boom. Wow. Facebook started. You had to have a college email yeah. to get a Facebook. And then, like, our groups were stupid. It was, like, going particularly out of my way or going slightly out of my way to step on a particularly crunchy-looking leaf. Like, I'll never forget. That was, like, the wow. very first Facebook group I joined. Very, that sounds like a subreddit. That's, like a very, right. that's a very internet yeah. thing, though. And it was, like, or, like, family guy. And then you would, like, go and look at people's profiles and, like, okay, which groups did they like? Oh, yeah. Or, like, you have a crush on a girl. Why are all my stories about, like, how to get with a girl? <laughs> but, like, it was, like, um, like you had a crush on a girl, so you would like, some of the bands that she liked, even though you'd never heard of them. Ah, uh, right, right. Like, what a sleaze. <laughs> what a sleaze ball. That's hilarious. And then you're, like, listening to them, and you're like, gosh, this music sucks. <laughs> And not only are they awesome kids, but they're awesome because they're kids. Mm-hmm. Like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, so you like them as individuals, but the fact that they're kids also right adds a, an element to them that's unique. And then we're in a very unique space where, like, we don't have like it's not a school school, right? right? Like, any type of violence is an immediate dismissal. Like, do you deal with that ever? Um, rarely, very rarely, very, 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 very rarely. But and a lot of times too, these kids that come in bouncing off the walls like that, that are just like super um, undisciplined or something like that. They, um, you know, these are the kids that are graduating and going to like going to like you know Juilliard. We haven't sent anyone to Juilliard yet, but like they're going to, to top theater schools in the nation or film programs or or like. Like, it really, the program will really turn them around or focus them would be a better way to put it. Mm. But, and so, like, it, it's really that part of the process is super rewarding. Mm-hmm. And it's also just amazing because it's like, because I've been that guy when I was a kid where it's just like I decided the teacher was full of it and mm. I was just not going to listen. Right. I just wasn't going to have it. I'm like, well, it turns out I figured out that you're faking, so I don't have to listen. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, I I made their lives hell and, like, they made my life hell and, like, it sucked mm-hmm. because you just couldn't take them seriously. But, like, it, like, so our space is so unique in that, like, we can really find the way for you to harness and focus that creative energy and like and then also that it's like um it's it's a safe space for that kind of stuff like right. if you're like hey i want to try costuming but you're a boy you know like that doesn't happen right like it's like oh cool let's make some let's make some super kick ass costumes right like what are we doing right, <laughs> you know right. what i mean they're very good and very kind at looking out for one another and protecting the idea that that art and expression and ideas and thoughts and emotions are sacred things Yeah, where like to be honored and respected and to build people up like, Oh, you're not getting that dance step. Come over here. Let me show you how it works. And like, it's all like, it's a community theater, right? We're a community. And so like, 
yeah, there's people from all kinds of different backgrounds, but like, you know, we, when we're in those doors, there's a goal or a team, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? When we're in that classroom setting, our goal is to get this film made in this time, or our goal is to get this monologue ready for your college audition, or it's like to um, direct you in this ridiculous hip hop pirate musical. Right. right? And like, just like, yeah, you know, you've never done like any sort of hip hop dance before, but we're going to do it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, so, so that kind so negativity isn't really allowed. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And it, it, I mean, my experience is very small in scope and and limited compared to what you're talking about with the, the whole school. But, um, in March, I went to Orlando to go to this podcast conference, and you know, I only started the podcast in January. I think I had five episodes or something when I went, and uh, you know, there's people there that are that are literally millionaires from their podcasts. I mean, they're very successful, done it for a long time. Although it's funny because they're like, we've got all the famous podcasters, and then list them, never heard of a single one. <laughs> I mean, these people are, which was kind of nice actually, because when I met them, there was zero starstruck. I mean, that was just another guy because I don't know I who love you that. are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if like Joe Rogan would have been there or something, it would have been like, oh my God, it's Joe Rogan. Okay. Like, keep it together. We're cool. What do I say? No big deal. No big deal. What do I say? Hey, Joe. You know? I got to say the perfect thing to Joe Rogan. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but I didn't know who any of them were, so there was none of that. But but anyway, the, what, the reason that there's a commonality between what you're sharing is just that there was like, despite, I mean, I met I met a dude who who is like has been in a, a producer for HBO Sports and like used to work on Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel and has worked with like ESPN 30 for 30 stuff and now is a producer with Kevin Durant who's an NBA player but he's got a a whole show that he does it's like a round table discussion thing and that guy's producing that now and like he's like the closest thing to a celebrity that I've ever met you know what I mean because because he's like celebrity adjacent but but even that guy like everyone was so cool the entire time and the phrase you said at the end that like negativity just wasn't really allowed like that was just kind of how it was and i mean i never even heard anyone try and go negative so i never saw that get dealt with but no one was condescending no one was rude no one was anything negative everyone was just super cool no it wasn't like a hippie love fest or something necessarily but yeah you could just sit and talk to anyone and anyone would you know rap with you for a second or they had a studio set up and people are just diving in there and recording podcasts just on the fly. And like, I don't know, it was just a really cool environment. And I get that it's a, especially that it's a conference, it's a weekend, it's one time, it's a very niche group of people, niche. Um, (laughs) What'd you call me? (laughs) But, but it's like, but it's those kinds of things that make me think like, maybe we're not about to like blow up the world because as much as it seems like everyone's just filled with hate and rage all the time, you can have these other experiences where it's like, oh, everyone is cool, actually. And again, not even in some blown-out, weird, like, Woodstock <laughs> kind of way, but just just in a very genuine, normal way. Like, we can all get along just fine, and you know what I mean? And again, I get that we're not dealing with our real lives in those moments, but I don't know. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, dude, every single, like... 
that's when like I super failed. I was that guy bouncing off the walls and in, in the corporate environment. Every corporate job I've ever worked. Yeah. I'm terrible. I'm not doing the thing I tell my kids to do. Right. I'm not doing like so my, my four tenets of like when you're in acting or you're you're attacking a craft or like whatever is like it's just focus, listen, trust, and commit. You do those four things, you will excel. Do those four things. That's it. That's simple, right? Like mm-hmm. play baseball. You know, pitch strikes, hit home runs. That's right. simple, right? You'll right. win. <laughs> but like, they um, no. But like, yeah, in a corporate environment, dude, I'm I'm just terrible. I'm like all the bureaucracy just like murders me. Like makes yeah. my blood boil. Like the fluorescent lights kills me. The cubicles like it just like immediately. And I'm a jerk. I yeah. become a jerk. <laughs> and like all the, like all the, cause everyone else there is like, uh, they're like lifers, you know, they want to, they're, they're like, I worked at a very big company and they, um, I was stepping on their toes by suggesting, Hey, this would help. And it's just like, no, that's my job that like adds 20 hours a week to my work, which is only one hour a day. Right. You know, like you're messing with my flow, right. like kind of thing. Right. And so it's, um, you know, it's whatever. But <laughs> to the point here is that I'm very fortunate that I found this work that yeah. I'm in now because every day is full of hope. Right now I'm doing a really cool program with um, uh, through just local art stuff where we go and we visit kids um, and we take theater to them. And so, like, um, it's super cool, man. Like, these kids have never been exposed to anything like this, and they're just so willing to try. Yeah. That's the other thing why kids are awesome, right? Like I said before, like, my kids are awesome, but kids are awesome. Yeah. Because they're just, it's like, we got a puppy, and the dog will just take off running and then just trip over himself and fall down and just get up and do it again. And, like, I know that's so cheesy. No, no, But it's like, that dog does not care. Right. It was like, oh, I'm just going to, we're just running and having fun. That's right. it. Where you and me, we're going way back. We're like, we get it. We don't need to do it. We get it. Right. Even though if we had just done it, we were probably like, oh, yeah, what a fun time I this mean, I is. probably would have had more fun if I went back to the improv class, right? Right. But I felt embarrassed to what you're, stand you're talking up, yeah. about. And then I was just like, yeah, never mind. I'm good. Yeah. I'm out. Way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I get it. You guys are funny. You're good at this. You have it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep I didn't it. need to be here. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. But no, that is like, it's going way back to that improv conversation. Yeah. It's funny because, like, it's, dude. Even the people that are really good at it have a hard time jumping in with somebody they haven't done it with before mm-hmm. because it's just – you can put up a lot of fake and a lot of front and a lot of pizzazz and charm and hit some good jokes and do some good wordplay and stuff like that. But until you're really jiving on the same level as somebody, right. like, you're not really creating good scene work or, right. like, you know. That makes sense. You – like – Whatever. I'm sure Jimmy Fallon is like really good in almost any conversation. Like I'm sure you will walk away from a conversation with Jimmy Fallon feeling excellent about yourself. Right. Very cool. Like he's very cool and very smart and you're just glad for the time. He's really generous and interested yeah. in you even though yeah. he probably is not. Yeah. But he has that talent. Yeah. That's a skill that he's that's a skill that he's cracked, you know. Right. Which is yeah, that's so much of that's I get um a big part of my teaching um, is like I, I I really mantras is what everyone else would call them, but I get really like hot on a new idea, and like that's one of them right now that I'm thinking about and researching, reading about, and just like contemplating, uh, meditating on mm-hmm. is uh, is like the idea of like learning to learn 
or like cracking the code of cracking codes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. of just the the philosophy of like, okay, well, I know that ultimately there's like vocabulary, there's movements, there's costumes, there's you know what I mean? Like right. there's all these different pieces. I just have to learn the different pieces and then that is I could just associate that with other stuff that I know. And I know that's we're just talking about learning right now. Sure. But like just that's I just described what learning is. It's not really that brilliant. <laughs> but Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's actually something to be like that's something that that struck me recently is is kind of the point that you're making about not about learning specifically, but about like how something that you already knew can be profound. But like, so I just read um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which yeah. is like a very famous book that's been suggested since I was a kid, right? And I, I never read it because I always was like, A, like, I, I don't need to read yeah. a book on how to make friends. You want know, I can make friends, you know? I got friends. Right. Um, and I just thought like, oh, it's probably like slimy and it's like how to manipulate people mm-hmm. or like how to have like disingenuous relationships. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care about that. And then I read it and the book is not that at all. The book is is only about like that basically if you want other people to like you, then you have to be nice to them. So like n- even if you're trying to serve your own self-interest, if you need to involve other people, you have to serve them in order to get them to serve your self-interest, right? And none of that is profound. This is all known stuff. Yeah. There's a whole chapter on smiling. Like <laughs> smile when you meet people, smile when you talk to people, smile when you're on the phone, like smile. And, it, and it's stuff that I already know but just in the context of it all being together in that one book and like, or like it's stuff like the smiling thing is something that I learned. I've worked customer service jobs a lot in my younger days. And, and that's, they teach you that all the time. Like, cause working a phone job is hell. And so you have like, you better smile when you're on the phone. So the customer doesn't know that you're in hell. And, and so I knew that, but I only applied it in that narrow lane, right? you know, and it's like, and like you read that book and the book's like, oh no, all of those things that you've learned and all these little different scenarios actually just apply across the board in all of life. Right. And, and it was interesting because it, it, again, just to the point you were talking about where it's like, I, nothing I've just described is not, is something new to you, but I would strongly recommend that anyone read that book because it did have significance. But five years ago, if I would have read it, 10 years ago, I don't know what the, the number is, but I would have been like, uh, yeah, I know to smile, whatever, fuck off book. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's just, it's crazy how things can come around and and be profound kind of all over again, or maybe for the first time, I guess. I don't know. Even though you knew it already, though. Someone already told you. Right. You just weren't ready to listen, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was just a long no, way of saying no, I, I, I'm with you on the learning thing. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think that trying to break that down that way... Um, I don't know. Sounds sounds interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know how to juggle. Right. Right. But like this year, so we're in summer right now. Our all of our we follow like the school schedule. So coming back in end of August, we'll start all of our regularly scheduled programming. Mm. Again, right. And so that's when we all the kids audition for their troops, middle or elementary through high school. And so like the high school acting troupe is like, I, I just love it. I love actors. And, like, this is one of the things, too, about learning to learn things is, like, you learn about the culture of the – so, like, you're learning about culture of podcasts right now. Like, right. what's what's rude, what's whatever, like y- – y- I don't know. You right. know what I mean? But, like, there, I'm sure there's things where, like, oh, that's kind of a, 
a faux pas. Yeah, or don't something. do that. Right. And then good reasons why you should do it to make like, you know, if you're coming with a hot mixtape, like now I'm going to do this so people pay attention and they hear my new mixtape. Right, whatever. right, right. I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. But um, but anyway, but like the thing I love about actors so much, dude, is like it just requires thinking. Like, and I, it's not that singers or dancers or other people don't do that. Obviously, they sure. do. But like you have to think through the text a lot. And so it's like, not only why did that person say that, they're upset, sure, okay, but like, why do they say it now? And why do they say it like that? Right. And then like, and you're like, well, he said it like that to that guy, but when he said it to this girl, he said it differently. Is he, was he hard to that guy because of this? Or like, so you really start getting into that whole world of stuff. Yeah. So it's all about acquiring skills, right? Oh, okay. And so I really respect that about you um, that you're going out and taking an improv class knowing nothing about it. I would never do that. <laughs> like, I'm brave in a lot of ways, but not in, like, that kind of way. But, like, um, I think that's cool, man. That, like, And then you're going to this, like, this festival, and it's like, with these high school kids, I'm going to teach them to juggle. I'm going to bring in a guy, teach us all how to juggle. I'm going to learn how to juggle so I can teach the kids next year how to juggle. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so, like, I don't know. That's the That's the whole learning to learn thing is, like, you're like, okay, let me figure out how to how to get this down and not only now once i've got it down how do i crank it up right like and then like what are like i'm getting really into cooking now too yeah like i'm super interested i bought a real nice knife nice. and like um like and i'm watching like shows have you ever seen binging with babish yes nice yes anyway sorry have you seen um have you seen uh the thing that really kicked it off for me um is the Chef Show on Netflix? Oh, uh-huh. it's got Jean Favreau. Is it's he made the movie called Chef or The Chef? Oh, okay. And he buys yeah. the food truck and travels so around. So I think I think binging with Babish has an episode where he cooks he's on something. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, but. he's on there. But so this guy, uh, oh crap, Roy Choi. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, he's his like mentor. Mm-hmm. Jean John Favreau. I keep saying Jean Favreau. Yeah. Jean. He he directed Iron Man. He's yeah, in yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's a, a complete I just finish your point I said I'll completely <laughs> okay. derail us. Um, but anyway, long story short, Roy Choi is like um the super dope dude that's all about like street food and like he's classically trained and then but he decided he didn't want a restaurant, he wanted a food truck and his whole thing was that he Twitter became new at the same time he got a food truck and he just hit that wave at the right point mm-hmm. where he could tweet, we're going to be here and people would show up and he created this whole environment around his food truck. Right. But anyway, this guy has so much respect for like the culture and the style and they go visit other chefs and they do stuff and learn how those guys do it and this. And it's like, I watched a ton of cooking shows. We've all seen cooking shows. They're pretty boring, right? Unless That's you- why I like binging with Babish so much because it's like five minutes, ten minutes. The whole thing, you know, and what I mean? it's fun and it's quick and yeah. it's, got, it's very stylized. It is, but like, it's just I don't know the just the respect of the culture. How do I how do I fit in? How do I show respect and learn? And like, I guess chefs do this thing called like, if you're a chef and you come to my restaurant, I'm gonna crush you, which means like I'm gonna hit you and your crew with as much of my best food as possible on the house. Okay. I wish I was a chef then, based right. on this story. Right. Because <laughs> I'd be traveling all but over. To b- try to chef. break you guys <laughs> yeah. to see how much food you can handle. And then I'm going to come to your restaurant and you're going to return the favor. And the chefs are all doing that to each other. And it's a little bit of pride and it's also a little bit of respect. Huh. And it's just like, that's one of those cool cultural things. Right. Right. Where, and so I don't know. So I really appreciate 
I'm getting into cooking was the, the point of that story. <laughs> that's why that's what did it for me. It was like, okay, I'm ready. So that's why I'm starting now. I was like, each month I'm gonna start practicing, like I'm starting Mexican food in August. Oh nice. I wanna get really good at like I wanna be able to do like Mexican rice, refried bean, like you know, the classic staples. I wanna be good at it. Right. And make the good stuff. Yeah. And then get into more advanced stuff. But right. like just always striving to like, okay. If I'm going to be cooking for myself for the rest of this, like, yeah. how much more fast food can I eat? Right. How many more Wendy's? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I, I landed in the same, same kind of boat. I used to live, I mean, a block away from a Chinese restaurant, and I, I can mash on Chinese pretty much every day, and I did. Um, and then I moved and wasn't that close anymore to a place, and it was actually just, it's actually more tedious to go out to eat than it is to just have something here and eat it. It takes longer to drive the 20 minutes. Yeah. Get it, come back, what you know what I mean? So, um, so I started cooking a lot at home as well, and I'm not good at it. I mean, I cook different things, and people like it okay, but it's not like like I watch binging with Babish. I don't actually try and do his recipes because way too advanced for. <laughs> I'm way too lazy to do yeah, all of it's, that. It's, it's so much, man. It's I mean, the so dude. Much. I watched one where he makes his own fucking corn tortillas. Like, right? Nope, <laughs> dude. But we started making flour tortillas, okay, which are well, super go. fast. It's a minute. Huh? It takes you like 20 minutes to make the dough, and then each tortilla, you roll them out and you slap it in there in the pan. Minute, and you have a tortilla. Boom. Huh. 30 seconds this side, 30 seconds that side, right. it's done. When it starts bubbling, it's done. Right. So easy. It's like three or four ingredients, hmm. and it's like super doable. Yeah, when we were we went to uh, the Tool concert up in St. Louis uh, earlier this year, and the Uber guy on the way back was like, Misha asked him uh, if what he liked to do, and he said cooking, and Misha was like, oh, what do you like to make? And he was like, oh, I make pasta. And Misha was like, oh, like, what dish? And he was like, oh, I mean, a lot of them, but I actually just make my own noodles. And we were all like, oh, my God, that sounds insane. And he was like, you guys are all idiots. It takes, like, 15 minutes to make noodles from scratch. Like, it's not hard, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Whereas to me, I'm like, unimaginable, can't make it, like, well, <laughs> only dude, obtainable at the store. <laughs> speaking of being, well, it's so cheap, too. So it's like, <laughs> there's things like that. Like, my buddy Garrison all the time is like, well, let's just make it. And it's like, I don't know, dude. I can buy one for 20 bucks, and then it's made. Right. Like, sometimes there's a joy in the making of the thing. But it's like, I'm not going to make a, whatever, a bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay the, the the hundreds of dollars for the people that are good at it. Right. I'll have a good one that I'm not constantly like. Let me get my welding kit off my back. Right. Of like you're just. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I just imagine like <laughs> you're just pulling a new wheel out and putting it on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Pull the mask down. Yeah. <laughs> but throwing it back to getting radicalized, dude. There's certain stuff too where it's like I'm getting like mad about fast food, like just how much trash that I'm generating by eating fast food. And it became really clear to me because I had like this one trash can in my garage and I would just it would I was eating them out of my car all the time. Right. And so I before I left my house, I would throw it in the trash can and that's all that went into it. And then very quickly it was a full trash can overflowing on and like a full size trash can and that's all it was was the fast food i was eating it's right. just, that you're also smashing up so it's right. like as efficiently in there as yeah. it can be yeah and it's just like <laughs> and i was like disappointed in myself yeah. like god that's so much because so much extra trash comes with that and then like if you want to get real upset about like what's in your food and like stuff like that yeah. but like so that's what a lot of it is for me too is like man 
at some point, I want to be a little bit of, in charge of what's going on. Of my own in. life, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, and at least have the skills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, it. while I say I'm not, and again, I am not a, like a good cook or a fancy cook or something, but I mean, when I was in my early 20s, me cooking was like, a box of mac and cheese and like a can of tuna and i'm right. like tuna, ah, mac, tuna mac cooking you know and it's like that's not cooking <laughs> but you know or like making a frozen pizza but it was basically just preparing something at my house right but it was still the same kind of stuff basically just prepackaged, super right you know i wasn't cooking stuff from scratch at all uh which again i'm not making tortillas yet but you know I, i'll i'll cook ground beef with garlic and onion and green pepper as opposed yeah, it's to great right exactly yeah it is it's just it's... throw too much garlic in it'll be awesome <laughs> right yeah you can never have too much garlic i know <laughs> it turns out that's true though you can i found, oh, okay. I found my limit okay. but i really believed it i really yeah. believed it yeah i didn't i've never found it so that's fair well they if you order from bambino's man they yes. send you with the stuff um and so like they they loaded us up with the gar I this time I put the oil into the garlic container oh, wow. and just took a big chunk of bread and I was like oh that's it that's that's yeah. my limit I did not miss any of the houses I lived in from like eighteen to twenty two. <laughs> I know I, I don't miss a single. I mean like I miss the idea I guess or like more I'm just fond about the time yeah yeah no I mean it's it it it's weird to think about like. Just the weird stains that were, like, on the carpet at the, in those houses at that age. Not your places, but, like... No, definitely, I mean, definitely. Because people would, like, you know, party and smoke cigarettes inside and use a, a to-go cup or whatever as an ashtray, and then it gets left on a counter, and then it gets knocked off, uh -huh. and then no one cleans it, really. Maybe maybe the, like, obvious chunks they pick up, but the actual black no, nastiness. No one's buying a, a carpet shampoo or, no, or just or renting it. One. Yeah, that's not happening either. Gosh, yeah, there were so many like hookah coal burns in the carpet oh, and stuff yeah. like that. And like, yep. Oh, those houses were just terrible. I know. Terrible, terrible. Did you ever go to that house I lived in that had uh, no windows on it? No. It was like overlooking the trail. It's a bus station now. Wow. Uh, it's, it's, it's the Springfield bus station. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the huh. big one downtown, but it was like all alone. When we first moved in there, it was like I was real hot on like Fight Club and Tyler Durden, like stupid anarchist crap. Right. At that time, you know, as you do. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, we're going to live out here in like the industrial, whatever. Uh, and like, make soap. Yeah, we'll make soap, get people to fight. <laughs> but no, really, I had stupid ideas of like, what can I do that's not a job to make money, which is only illegal things. Right. right? <laughs> well, like, that's not entirely true. I mean, it's pretty true. That's what, I mean, entrepreneurs generally are doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, and I wasn't doing, I didn't come up with any good you illegal things. You trying to start a business. But like, it turns out that is what I was trying to do but like i was like yeah but how can i work without having an employer right <laughs> start a company start a company <laughs> but uh no dude we had it was oh, what a crazy place like just crazy we had a homeless guy that mowed our lawn with a weed eater like we lived in like three acre lot that was all owned by johnny morris and then our house was behind a bunch of businesses we were just like in the middle of a bunch of businesses by a viaduct next to the train tracks brown derby in the backyard 
weird two-car mechanic in the front yard. Right. Homeless guy sleeping in the lawn constantly, or like in the driveway. Like, oh, there's no going to our, because we had to drive through all those other lots to get to our house. So if there's just a homeless man passed out in the driveway, you hog your horn a couple times, doesn't move. You're not parking at your house that night. <laughs> and so like, but yeah, we had a homeless guy who we called Willie Nelson. He had two awesome, <laughs> awesome, like white long braids mm-hmm. and um, always wore a bandana. And he would weed eat our lawn for beer and cigarettes. <laughs> and um, and so we, that was a sweet deal for us because sure. we had those things in abundance. And uh, <laughs> one time I guess he did it and no one was there to pay him. And then we were also like super, somehow it just fell out that we couldn't pay him in his beer and cigarettes that time. Ah. And like, it wasn't like a negotiated time. He would just show up and do it and be like, yeah, sure, here you go or whatever. Right. But we were on hard times at that point in time. Yeah. And uh, so he like hunted, hunted us down and we would like hide in the house and just like be quiet until he went away. And like <laughs> the, the worst part about that, not the worst part, but the worst part about it for us was that he was like, it's me, George. We learned his real name. Mm. And it was just like, the magic was gone. Right, right. <laughs> exploiting homeless people for lawn care. Well, he was his idea. And it wasn't exploiting. You were paying him yeah. the, the wage, if you will, that he wanted, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, whatever. It was symbiotic. Because he, he would also, like, run other guys off, too. He was our, like, we hung out with him a lot. We, nice. He'd come up on the porch sometimes and just drink beers and smoke cigarettes. Huh. And, I don't know. It was yeah. an interesting Yeah. Era. Well, I mean, I used to not lock our door because we had so many people coming over all the time in and out that it was, I don't want to get up and answer the door. So it you was just like, come in. yeah, just if you're going to come over, fine, just walk in. We'll be yeah, there. your house was the spot. Right. I lived in one of those places. Right. Fun. Yeah. Could yeah. never do it again, though. Yeah. Like, would never go back to it. No. Like, now, even if, like, really close friends of mine showed up unannounced, I call them Mary Poppins and make. <laughs> Comments. <laughs> True passive aggressive statements. Oh yeah. Love passag. Love passag. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it has been an absolute blast talking to you. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Did you have anything else that you wanted to, to talk about at all? Do you have anything coming up with a theater that you'd like to promote or anything at all? We always have things coming up, but yeah, yeah. um nah man, it's cool. Thanks for sharing it and thanks for like um I don't know. You're just like, uh, it's. I really mean that, that I think it's really cool that you're like seeking out skills that you want to like collect and you're putting yourself out there, even if you only go to one class. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's awesome because I, I, I think I'm too cool anymore to go do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm going to stop being that cool. Right. I think well, you've inspired me. <laughs> well, that's very generous of you to say thank you. Uh, well, that's it, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.
Well, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Eli Cunningham, again for joining. I had a real blast, and hopefully we can do that again sometime. Uh, as always, you can follow us at The Walk Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Look for The Walk Show. Uh, you can also email me, walker at thewalkshowpodcast.com. And uh, as always, hope you have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one.